In the span of three days, Notre Dame fired the wide receivers coach and lost three wide receivers to the portal with the chance of losing more. So what's going on? You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Friday, December 1st, so happy Friday, and thanks for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojcik, and I'm the host. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018, and now I'm a producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Okay, it's Friday, so we're doing another mailbag, but before we get to the questions, I wanted to thank everyone who sent one in. I got more questions this week than I ever have before, and it makes sense. Um, Usually when things are going well for Notre Dame football, everyone's pretty happy and pretty content with the situation, so they're not asking as many questions as when things go poorly, like they are now. People want to know why, and they seem to ask a lot more, and I get it, right? Everyone wants to know what's going on, and I said this a couple episodes ago, and I'll say it again. Every offseason, there's good days and there are bad days, and that will directly affect Notre Dame's win-loss record next season and the ones that follow. Both are inevitable for every program around the country. So when something bad happens to Notre Dame, it's it's always feels like the sky is falling, but it's happening everywhere too. You just have to hope that the good days outnumber the bad days and that the best day is much better than the worst day. Sometimes we might think a day is a good day or a bad day, and that might actually not turn out to be either that positive or that negative, whatever we thought of in that time. So time is going to tell on those. And I preface all of that to say Thursday was a bad day for Notre Dame football. Um, And right now, we have probably had more bad days than good this offseason. Maybe I'll start a counter and we'll, we'll revisit it at the start of next season. But it is not, uh, it, it is not a good time around Notre Dame football, especially for the wide receiver room. And that leads me to my first question from Jay Perlman, 315. What the hell is going on with the wide receivers? <laughs> Very straight to the point. So I appreciate the question. And I think uh, maybe the short answer is a lot to say the least. Um, Let's recap it for everyone. Let's catch up everyone with what's going on with the wide receivers this week. So on Monday, Chris Tyree entered the transfer portal and Marcus Freeman said in a press conference that he would love to have everyone on his staff back for next season. The Chris Tyree news was uh, a bummer for sure, but we had started hearing rumblings about that about a month ago. And considering the fact that he's uh, play slot, and he's going to have to split time with Jordan Faison and Jane Greathouse. That move wasn't terribly shocking. Notre Dame also likes to run a lot of 12 personnel. That one wasn't that big of a deal in the moment, right? But then Tuesday, Marcus Freeman announced that he had fired Chancey Stuckey. He said that they parted ways, but he fired him. And that set off a firestorm in the Notre Dame community. And by now, I have heard multiple different explanations as to why Chancey Stuckey was let go, much like pretty much everyone else out there. Um, and both sides are adamant that they are correct, and they feel very strongly about the other side and them being wrong. I know that some people think that Chancey Stuckey had lost the room. People who cover this team are going out on podcasts. They're writing about it. They're saying that Chancey Stuckey had completely lost the situation. He didn't have a good relationship with the wide receivers and things of that nature. And then I'm hearing reports from other people saying that's not true and that wide receivers, for the most part on the team, loved him and they had great relationships with him and he was a great developer of talent and all these things. Like the two sides 
could not be more opposite. And frankly, I'm just at the point where I don't know what to believe. Okay, and as I said um, on a podcast earlier this week, we might not ever know the full situation. And the only people that will are Chancey Stuckey, Marcus Freeman, and the guys in that room. Um, I know that on one hand, some people think that Marcus Freeman decided to fire Chancey Stuckey because he had heard um, and he had talked to players on the team in the exit interviews and that he tried or he fired Chancey Stuckey in an attempt to prevent more guys from leaving. But as we know now, three guys just entered their names in the transfer portal. And that leads me to Wednesday. Tobias Merriweather was the next wide receiver to enter the transfer portal. And then on Thursday, Braylon James entered the transfer portal. And rumors started to circulate that true freshman Rico Flores is considering the transfer portal. And by the time you listen to this, it might be official. Rico Flores might already be in the transfer portal by the time that you listen to this podcast or you watch it on YouTube. So I don't know if that worked, if that was the plan, if Marcus decided to fire Chansey in the hopes that it would keep the guys in the room if anything, it, it might have had a, a even worse effect to that room, which actually leads me to my next question at Wayne Gartner uh, 13, who said, could you see any of our other young wide receivers entering the portal too, like Jane Thomas and or Jane Greathouse? Jane Thomas isn't really a young wide receiver, but for the sake of this question, I don't anticipate Thomas is going to enter the portal, and I haven't heard anything to suggest that Jane Greathouse is going to enter his name in, but the smoke around Rico Flores entering the transfer portal is uh, pretty significant. And uh, ultimately, I think he will enter the portal. And I would not be surprised if Deion Colsey put his name in either, even though he's a he's a veteran. He's not a young wide receiver like our question here. So if this all ends up happening, Notre Dame would have four scholarship wide receivers for the bowl game, including K.K. Smith, who has not played at all this season. So really, it's three. And they would have seven scholarship wide receivers for next season, assuming that none of these guys leave and that every current prospect committed to Notre Dame in the class of 2024 in Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, and Logan Saldate, assuming that none of those guys decommit between now and early signing day on, on December 20th, then they'd have seven guys. Now, obviously, Notre Dame is going to try. They're going to have to add more guys in the transfer portal, but still, this is not a good situation for Notre Dame to be in. It is, it is really bad, to be honest. With Braylon James, it always felt like he was going to transfer no matter what happened with the wide receivers coach. I know that some people thought that maybe after Chancey Stuckey uh, was fired that he would decide to come back. But like this has been going on for a long time. And there was a 24-7 sports report earlier this week that said uh, Braylon James's um, consideration or the fact that he was considering to join the transfer portal was the worst kept secret coming out of South Bend. So I'm not really surprised by that. He's a freshman. He saw a bunch of other freshman wide receivers see the field, and he was the only one who wasn't outside of K.K. Smith, but he uh, suffered a shoulder injury before the season. So at least you can make sense out of that one. So I'm not shocked that Braylon James would enter the transfer portal. Tobias Merriweather, given the up and down career that, uh, that he's had so far at Notre Dame, I'm not really shocked about that one either. But if Rico Flores enters the transfer portal, that would be just a devastating blow for this team. And it does seem like that's going to end up happening. He led the offense or led the wide receivers in snaps as a true freshman. He had uh, the first 100-yard reception game since um, Kevin Austin and Lorenzo Styles in the Fiesta Bowl back in 2021. By all accounts, he loved Notre Dame and had completely bought into everything, not just uh, that Notre Dame offers for football players, but for the regular students, like he had made a bunch of friends outside the football program, um, was really happy to get out of a bad situation from where he grew up. And he just seemed to embrace everything that Notre Dame offered. And to lose a guy like that would just be devastating. 
Um, even if you want to argue that he's not going to be the greatest player in Notre Dame history, I think that that's a guy you just want to have in the locker room um, and a young future leader of that room. And now to see him potentially walk away is really bad. And now there's so many people coming in defense of Chancey Secchi. I mentioned Brady Quinn tweeted out earlier this week. Uh, he was very disappointed that Notre Dame elected to fire Chancey Stuckey. I've heard some other reports, too, that um, this was not received well by several people on the Notre Dame roster and on the staff. So it's a troubling time. And look, I don't know all of the facts, and, I, and anyone who tells you that they do is lying. All right, they're hearing it from one side, and they're only reporting one side. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try to consider all the different options here, all the different things that people are saying. And I just think that the one thing that we can all agree on is that it's a really bad spot for Notre Dame to be in. They need to hire a coach ASAP. Like, they need at least three wide receivers in the transfer portal, and nobody is going to come to Notre Dame if they don't know who their position coach is and who's going to develop them in the offseason. And that's where the strength and conditioning coach vacancy comes into play. The transfer portal opens up, or the period in which coaches can contact players opens up on December 4th, and that is next Monday. So if Notre Dame wants to get guys, they need to have someone who can recruit them, and Marcus Freeman can do his best, but I just don't think that any really talented wide receiver is going to want to come to Notre Dame if they don't even have a position coach. So Notre Dame needs bodies in that room, and they need to get a coach that can get those bodies in that room. I'm sure that Marcus Freeman is doing everything he can to hire a quality coach um, in the near future, but he also has to make sure that the guys on the roster who haven't already elected to enter the transfer portal stick around because Notre Dame just does not have enough guys in that room right now. They need bodies. They need to figure it out soon. They might have to resort to moving um, a defensive back over to play wide receiver, and that could lead to that player deciding to leave because if a player doesn't want to make a position switch, he has every reason to enter the transfer portal. So there's no sugarcoating it. Marcus Freeman has dug himself a serious hole with the way that he's handled this situation, and we're going to have to wait and see how he's able to dig himself out of it because it's just a really bad spot for Notre Dame to be in. We've got a lot more questions about the wide receiver situation, plus Riley Leonard and other transfer quarterbacks, and that's all, that's all coming up right after this. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. All right, my pick for the weekend, uh, looking at the NFL slate right now, I'm going to take the Chargers minus five and a half. Minus five and a half on the road against the New England Patriots. This line is actually not as big as I thought it would be. So in a way, it kind of feels like a trap. But every time I watch the Patriots this season, it is, it's literally painful to watch. They are so bad. They're so boring. They're not entertaining at all. And the Chargers, you know, they've got their own issues. But I just think that they're going to be able to win this game by at least a touchdown. Like the Patriots are getting blown out by some bad teams. And even though the Chargers have struggled this season, I think that they can cover that five and a half point spread. So give me the Chargers to cover on the road. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Before we get back to the mailbag questions, this is your reminder to please like the video below and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you rate the show five stars, leave a review, and of course, subscribe there as well. Um, even though the content and the discussions on the show might not be what you want to hear because the situation for Notre Dame isn't that great, I hope you enjoy coming in and listening and watching the show. And uh, maybe it's uh, it makes you feel a little bit better um, about your frustrations with the Notre Dame football program right now. But let's get back to the questions. 
Uh, this one comes from at Danny underscore Fellmeyer. Why would an elite grad transfer quarterback slash wide receiver choose Notre Dame for 2024? Firm but fair. Firm but fair question. Um, I actually think quarterback is pretty easy, though. Notre Dame is willing to pay a lot for a transfer quarterback, especially if they think um, that they can come in and start right away. And honestly, the monetary piece of it is just part of the equation. I mean, look at Sam Hartman. Like, I know that Sam Hartman didn't perform at an elite level this season, and his play was a little bit disappointing at times. We thought that he could be the quarterback to lead Notre Dame back to the playoff. And even though that didn't happen, whatever Sam Hartman made via NIL this past season is probably nothing compared to what he's going to make in the future. Like his stardom rose so significantly because he's the quarterback at Notre Dame. And he's also very handsome. Like he got so many more deals and on TikTok and on social media, uh, girls, especially they just are crazed over Sam Hartman. So once he's done playing football, he can get a job on TV like yesterday, basically. I'm sure there's a lot of people who would like to have him on their screens and talking about football. So I think that he really increased his value in that way. Like if he wants to ever join media, I think he's going to be much more sought after now because of his one season as the starting quarterback for Notre Dame um, than if he had just stayed at Wake Forest. I think just being the Notre Dame quarterback just holds so much weight um, just in the general public. Like the Notre Dame brand is what it is. Like I don't need to tell you that it's one of the biggest brands, not just in college football, but in all of sports. So the value of coming in and being the Notre Dame quarterback, especially being a successful one, it goes far beyond just your time in college. It lasts for years and potentially decades uh, if you are really good at quarterback. So I don't think really that's what Danny was asking about here. Um, in terms of like what Notre Dame runs on offense and what Sam Hartman didn't do last season, that's fair. I do think that uh, if, if you bring in a guy like Riley Leonard, who certainly seems to be trending towards Notre Dame, I think that you just get more exposure and you uh, are in front of a lot more people because you're playing a lot more, and that might boost your draft stock. Um, I also think that even though I, I expect Notre Dame to adjust their offense and their scheme with a guy like Riley Leonard who can run a lot more than Sam Hartman, um, I still think they'll try to run a more pro-style offense or at least have some pro-offense principles so you could boost your draft stock that way, even though you won't be running like a true pro-style offense like the NFL. Um, let's look at the wide receivers, though, because that's a completely different story. On one hand, you can guarantee playing time to not just an elite wide receiver, but literally any wide receiver, because as we just discussed in segment one, Notre Dame doesn't really have a whole lot of receivers left. So I think you can um, you know, promise playing time and things like that, and you could say that, hey, we struggled at wide receiver last year, but we need you. Like You're the missing piece. If you come in, you'll fix those problems, and then you're the savior. I think that's a very easy selling point. Whether or not guys are going to believe it, I guess that's up to them, and that's dependent on how how good Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker are at giving that pitch. Again, this is really difficult to do when you don't have a wide receivers coach, which then goes back to Marcus Freeman's decision to fire Chancey Stuckey, make even less sense because Notre Dame needed wide receivers in the transfer portal anyway, um, and that was going to be tough to do with Chancey Stuckey. Now they don't even have a wide receivers coach. So the style of offense that Notre Dame has run recently is clearly not conducive to elite wide receiver play. Uh, who want the ball as much as possible. And even though you can promise these guys, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to change the way we do things, 
It's a lot harder to do that until Notre Dame proves that they can do that on the field. Now, maybe Notre Dame's going to get a guy or a few guys who come in and light the world on fire wide receiver. And then once those guys do it, then that pitch becomes a lot easier going forward. But Notre Dame really has to get out there, get out in front of these situations, because even though the transfer portal doesn't officially open up until December 4th, we all know the communications uh, starts way before that. And Notre Dame can't really do anything with with these wideouts until they have a coach. And uh, frankly, they're... They're just, you know, they're getting behind some other programs out there who are going to be also very aggressive in the transfer portal. All right, next question. Frank S. So many receivers are leaving Notre Dame. How many will they seek in the portal? I think it has to be at least three wide receivers, right? I just went through it right now, assuming the guys um, who I think will stay, like Jane Thomas, Jane Greathouse, Jordan Faison, those guys, uh, and all the commits in the class of 2024, assuming they all stay, that's seven scholarship wide receivers for next season. Uh, I think 10 is the number you need going into every season, so they need at least three to get to that number. I don't know if Notre Dame is going to be able to get to that. I don't know if they'll be able to get to 10, because you can get three guys in this transfer portal cycle, then odds are you might lose one or two more um, after spring practice, guys who are at the bottom of the depth chart who want to go elsewhere, and then you're going to have to start that process all over again. But even then, Notre Dame needs to try and do everything they possibly can to get to 10 wide receivers. Um, and I know that there's a few names out there. Tom Loy of 24-7 Sports reported that Notre Dame will pursue Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins and FIU wide receiver Chris Mitchell. Um, both of them put their names in the transfer portal on Thursday, I believe. Collins is a pretty good player. He had 38 catches for 510 yards and three touchdowns last season. Um, Chris Mitchell put up some really good stats. Now, he did it at FIU, so it's a little bit different than what Bo Collins did. Mitchell had 64 catches, 1,118 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. So you see that stat line, you're like, whoa, Notre Dame could use a guy like that. And they definitely can. But right now, I just have heard that Notre Dame is targeting them and they're, they're going to pursue them. But I have no idea if they're ultimately going to end up at Notre Dame. But like always, there's always going to be a few names that we don't expect uh, that Notre Dame is going to be in the running for. And Notre Dame has to try with a bunch of different guys because they might get a guy to commit and it might not work out, um, much like it didn't with Caleb Smith. So they've got to be super, super aggressive in the transfer portal. And um, unfortunately, sometimes even if you're really aggressive, the guy you get in return might not be that good, as was the case with Caleb Smith. All right, I think I've talked enough about the wide receivers today. Coming up after this, we're going to talk about some transfer portal quarterbacks and some other positions Notre Dame is going to be targeting. Really exciting news here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, we got a few more questions left before we wrap up here. This next one comes from at bscherry38. What other positions will Notre Dame target in the portal? I think they're going to look at pretty much every position outside of maybe running back. We all assume that Audrey Esme is going to head to the NFL, but if every one of those running backs who's currently in the room decides to come back next season, I think they're pretty much set there. Plus, they have two more guys coming in in the class of 2024 and Young and Aeneas Williams, both very talented prospects. So I think they're good there. We went over it with receiver. Um, they definitely need to get a couple tackles, uh, or at least one tackle, because um, it looks like they're going to have to replace Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. And even though Tosh Baker and Ashton Craig um, both could be pretty good options for Notre Dame next year, 
this idea that you can't get quality tackles in the transfer portal is just wrong. Michigan's starting left tackle, Adarius Henderson, is a transfer from Arizona State. Um, Oklahoma added a good transfer out of the transfer portal as well. It's definitely doable. It's a little bit harder than some of the other positions, just the nature of offensive line, but it's definitely possible, and I definitely expect Notre Dame to pursue some offensive tackles. Going, uh, uh, going on to the defense now, they're already looking at de- a couple defensive ends. Um, Jafari Harvey is a name that's been brought up by Tom Loy, 24-7 Sports. He's at Miami. He's a good pass rusher. That's just one name. I, I've heard that they've been very aggressive looking for DNs, um, especially considering Nana Osafa-Mensa is entering the transfer portal as well. Defensive tackle is pretty much dependent on what Howard Cross and Riley Mills decide to do. If they both come back for next season, I don't really think they need to add a defensive tackle, but if they end up leaving for the NFL, that Notre Dame might look for a veteran at that position. Linebacker, also kind of dependent on what Mir Sleafau and Jack Kaiser decide to do. I do not expect J.D. Bertrand to be around next season, but um, if Kaiser decides to come back and maybe Leofau as well, I don't expect Notre Dame to look for a portal target there. Cornerback, I think they're set. Um, safety though is getting a little bit overlooked. I think they could be really thin at that position again next year. Ramon Henderson entered his name in the transfer portal on Thursday. I expect Antonio Carter to do the same. If Xavier Watts ends up leaving for the NFL draft, that room is very thin. So they'll need at least one, maybe two, because they'll most likely be forced into playing, um, you know, young guys like Adon Schuler, Ben Minnick, or maybe they have to move Clarence Lewis to safety. I don't really know, but I think safety is a position uh, of serious need. And it was last season too. It, we felt like Notre Dame was going to be very thin there. They added Antonio Carter. It didn't really work out for him. He was sort of buried on the depth chart, and Xavier Watts ended up having one of the best seasons in Notre Dame safety has ever had. So it kind of worked out. They were able to stay healthy, but you can't expect that every single year. I expect Notre Dame to be pretty aggressive looking at safeties in the transfer portal this cycle. Okay, also from BS Cherry, would you rather have Riley Leonard or Cam Ward from Washington State? This one is easy to me. Uh, I would take Riley Leonard over Cam Ward every single time. And I'm not even the biggest Riley Leonard guy, as you've heard uh, on this podcast, if you've listened or watched before. The reputation of Cam Ward compared to his actual uh, talent level, his production on the field is very different. Um, I think fans see the highlights and they're like, wow, that dude is a fantastic quarterback. And if you only look at his numbers, you think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country because he runs an air raid offense at Washington state, but he's been very inconsistent throughout his career, especially against quality competition. Uh, again, he puts up big numbers because of the system. And I think that he has flashes. I'm not saying he's a bad player. There's certainly moments where he's really impressive, but I think Riley Leonard, Um, is more consistent, and I think that he has a higher ceiling than Cam Ward. And also, I think that going from Duke to Notre Dame, not only just in terms of the culture of the uh, institutions, I also think the the programs itself, it's a lot easier of a transition than Washington State to Notre Dame. And I'm not saying that if Notre Dame did end up getting Cam Ward that he wouldn't be capable of making that transition. I just think it's easier for Riley Leonard. And I just think Riley Leonard is a better player. Um, They're both dual threats. They both can run. Riley Leonard is definitely a little bit bigger. I think he's got a stronger arm. Maybe Cam Ward is a little bit more accurate, but his decision-making at times can really make your head spin. So I would take Riley Leonard every single time. I'm sure Cam Ward is going to end up getting a bag from somewhere. And as we've seen so far, sometimes these grad transfer quarterbacks, they don't end up panning out. Uh, we got another question about Leonard. This one comes from at Nathan underscore Coleman 45. And this is our last question of the podcast. Nathan asks, if we land Riley Leonard, is there any possibility that the younger guys beat him out? I would say there's a slim chance, but it's probably a better chance than Tyler Buckner had of beating out Sam Hartman, Uh, and it's much better than Drew Pine beating out Jack Cohn. I think Leonard 
is not a finished product. I think he could still develop a lot as a quarterback. He did not really play that much football this season. He only played in seven games, and he was hurt in two of those, so his action was limited there. Um, I think he can get a lot better. I think he has a really high ceiling. He's got a strong arm, great runner, big dude, checks off all the boxes for the NFL in that respect. Um, but with Sam Hartman going up against Tyler Buckner, like that that wasn't even close. And Jack Cohn, same deal. Like I know that Tyler Buckner had some experience, but we all saw – we all saw what happened in that Alabama-USF game, and it was uh, not great. And when I say it, I had a lot of experience. He really didn't. He'd just been around for two years, but he missed his entire sophomore year due to injury. I really hope that Kenny Minchie and Steve Angeli give it a shot. They come back for spring practice because I honestly think that one of them can compete for it. Angeli will obviously have the best shot because he's been around longer, but I think that um, Kenny Minchie has more upside even even still despite um, Steve Angeli showing some flashes when he's come in in mop-up duty. I think the jump that quarterbacks make going from their freshman to sophomore year is pretty significant. So if Kenny Minchie has a bright future in college, I think we'll start to see signs of that in spring practice. Hopefully that's enough to keep him around, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think one of those guys is going to end up leaving, assuming that Notre Dame is able to bring in Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. Will those guys be willing to wait? That remains to be seen, but I think that one of them could give him a run for the money because, like I've said before on this podcast, I have questions about Riley Leonard. I don't see him as like this surefire NFL draft prospect. I think he's a little bit inaccurate. Um, His decision-making at times can be poor, and I know that he put up some good numbers, but he was also going against some pretty weak competition in the ACC. I could be completely wrong. He could come to Notre Dame and kick ass and be a great quarterback, and I think we'd all be really happy to see that. Um, But right now, it's really hard to tell, and I just think that the Notre Dame coaching staff, the how aggressive they've been in getting Leonard. Um, I think that tells you about their belief in the quarterbacks currently on the roster. And uh, ultimately, I think Riley Leonard is going to be the starting quarterback for Notre Dame in 2024. But I think that it's going to be more of a competition than it's been in recent years when Notre Dame has added a transfer portal quarterback. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode, and that's another week of Lockdown Irish in the books. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. I'll be back on Monday of next week to react to any additional news we get over the weekend, and we'll start to gear up for the week ahead because the transfer portal stuff is going to get even crazier. And we'll have you covered with a new podcast out every morning of next week. So as the news comes in, we'll be there to react. And if you haven't subscribed already, I don't know what you're waiting for. Now is the time, and I appreciate appreciate everyone who's done so already. So enjoy your weekend, everybody, and I'll see you on Monday.